The world was captivated for an afternoon on October 15th, 2009, by a balloon. It was shaped like a flying saucer, filled with helium, and it escaped the backyard of a home inventor named Richard Heaney. The balloon wasn't the focus, though. It was the boy that was reportedly trapped inside the balloon that drew the attention. Richard's son, Falcon, had climbed into the balloon and hid before it had been accidentally released from its tethers. Or was he? This week on Cheeky Tales, we cover the story of the Balloon Boy hoax of 2009. All right. You boys up to speed on this one? I am. I remember this because I was 23. <laughs> I am. I'm reading fast. We were in grade 12, Sean. I was you 23 say. and 2009, was it? Yeah, 2009. 2009. Yeah, no, yeah. I didn't have a child yet. Mm. You were close. close though. So before we get further into it, I would like to acknowledge a couple of people uh, for the contributions that they've made to this story. Um, it was inspired by a video produced by the internet historian titled Balloon Boy, The Untold Story uh, on YouTube. Uh, and then I found more information in an article written by Robert Sanchez for 5280.com in 2019. Uh, I am drawing largely from the research that they did, so I thought it's nice to give them a shout out. And honestly, the internet historian is one of the funniest YouTubers I've ever seen. Why are we 54 episodes in and you finally like acknowledge research? Okay, let me tell you why. Because we don't pull this information out of our butt. Because it's not Wikipedia. About two- I didn't use just Wikipedia. About maybe one to two weeks before writing this episode, I read a story about the internet historian having an episode taken down because he basically stole the entire thing from an article. And I was a little bit hesitant to then do a story that he did based on his video. So thank you, internet historian and Robert Sanchez. But how much do you guys know about this story? Because I did tell you both that it was important that you know the story. I didn't look anything up. I'm just going off memory. Yeah, that's enough. Sean? I know literally nothing about it. Okay. Well, you can read along as I tell the story. I'm so bad with reading along. I get so wrapped up in it and then I pull that face. Yeah. I I saw that in the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. I get too far ahead and my laptop keeps falling off my lap. Not a very good laptop. It's a 13-inch like laptop. Top. My lap is bigger than that. Full top. <laughs> good one, boy. Floor top. That was cheap. So, right. uh, also uh, keen to acknowledge this is our second balloon-based episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's episode one. Oh, no. Getting we went back from, to our roots. We went from being a World War II podcast. <laughs> a World War II marine podcast. <laughs> yep. So, now we're a balloon-themed podcast. I'd also like to point out, nobody dies in this episode, breaking my tradition uh, of the last about five or six episodes in a row of having horrific tales. No, I'm, I'm not allowing <laughs> to it. To Sean's request. Yeah, I did. You know what? After- Genuinely, I went back and looked at my last few episodes. I was like, oh, I have been a bit of a buzzkill, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, look, that <sighs> opens me up to do a dark one next week. Ted, whatever his name was. Next fortnight. Next, we're back to two weeks. Oh, um, Ken. Ken Rex McElroy. Ken Rex McElroy. That was a tipping point for me. Oh, sure, I'm still depressed about that episode. <laughs> I am still depressed about that episode. It was horrid. It was a pretty bad I, episode. I think the episode turned out all right. I'm not a squeamish man. 
Had to edit Icky out warning. some maniac comments from the end, but <laughs> what? it did edit together. From who? You! No. <laughs> <laughs> there was no maniac comments. We're just harmonising. You! No. No, I won't have it. Did they uh, make the clip show? No. <laughs> oh, I've got to be honest. I went back through some of our little bits that I'd saved and I was like, gee, some of these are pretty foul. <laughs> like the spider one. There's a lot that I cut out of that that was just not safe for life. But it was- very funny. <laughs> uh, go back wanted, and listen to the clip show. It's surprisingly fun. I need to listen to the clip show. Jokes I've made, and you cut it. Yeah, and I'm not going to repeat it. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, All right. <sighs> Float us away with your tail, boy. So, who are the heenies? The heenies. The heenies. So, the heenies. Heenies. Turns out this wasn't the first time that Richard Heaney had been in the spotlight. I couldn't find too much about his life before the 90s, but it seems that in his early teens, he happened to be in a house that had its roof torn off by a storm, which sparked an interest in storm chasing. He would transition into attempting to become an actor in the 90s, and while taking acting classes, met his future wife, Mayumi Izuka, a Japanese national, who he would eventually marry in 1997. According to people who knew him, Richard would do anything he could to draw an investment into what he was working on. In the 90s, he would go as far as riding a motorcycle into a tornado to try and get attention for his cause. I've seen the footage. It's as insane as you might think. He's just like on a dirt bike and he's like, there's a tornado. And off he goes into it. straight at it. Yeah. Were there cows? No, there was no No. cows like the movie Twister from 1997. Oh, great movie. I have Great. seen the movie Twister. It's phenomenal. Nah, sorry. That's Do a polo. Because it was one of like Channel a 9's- shit. Twister was one of Channel 9's favourites to replace the footy when it ended at the end of the year. So I have seen it a lot. No. That and the Towering Inferno. Is this, a, is this the first movie referenced on the podcast that you've seen that I haven't? So yeah, it might be the first movie reference that I've seen it and you haven't. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Um, all this goes to say that he was excitable and energetic while his wife, Mayumi, was the complete opposite. And wanted to be famous. Mayumi was quiet and reserved and seemed to be the complete complement to the wild and reckless Richard. This is another dick. Dick Heaney. After they were married, Richard and Mayumi would attempt to run their own business, making demo reels for actors in Hollywood. They would have their three children, Falcon, who in 2009 was six, Rio, who was eight, and Bradford, who was ten. I'm sorry, who calls your kid Falcon? Richard Heaney. Who doesn't write the three sons' names in age, ascending, or descending order? It was. Falcon 6, Rio 8, Bradford 10. In the article I'm reading, it reads, three sons named Falcon, Bradford, and Rio, which is not in an order. (laughs) That upsets. I just don't understand why you call your kid Falcon. Was he a Captain Falcon fan? John. Hopefully. Let's just let the story develop and you'll understand these are not normal people. I mean, wow. Well, shade thrown from shoes. I'm not nice. saying they're bad people. Yeah. Doesn't I'm like Avatar thinks that other people are not normal. <laughs> Just because they liked Avatar doesn't mean they're not normal. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready on the bleep me in the future when editing this, but fuck Avatar. <laughs> oh. After they closed down their demo reel business, Richard would turn his hand back to storm chasing, bringing the young children along on some of his chasing antics drawing criticism for putting them in danger. Yeah. 
all right, Muppet. Yeah. Don't go chasing storm. Chase don't storms if you want. Don't go chasing stormy storm. boys. Chase storms if you want. Don't take your kids with you, especially yeah. if you're going to drive straight into a tornado. Yeah. So he, I don't think he was doing that bad of a thing, but he was like, oh, get in the, ki- get in the car, van- kids. We're going to chase that storm. <sighs> yeah. I could almost, kids of my own, I could almost just hear his kids. Dad, can we come storm chasing with you? No, yep. it's too dangerous. Yeah, that's. I can just imagine that's what's going on. Just get in the car then, fine. Yes, I hope the storm the takes you. Shut up, because I want to go get the storm. Yeah, this is I such can a see that. American pastime. Yep. Like, to go storm chasing. Come on, go chase a storm. Go the f home. <laughs> Sit the <laughs> down. And they get and, proper scary storms. Yeah, and you get a hectic storm. So what do you do? You go at it. It's just moronic, isn't it? It's just absolutely moronic. Like, I don't well, think yeah. to myself, oh, yeah, cool, Brisbane's flooding. So what am I going to do? I'm going to fly and see where the rain is coming from. Yeah, I'm no. going to jump in the water and float down the river. We do have storm chases I have in been Australia. in fi- Yeah, but they're just as moronic. Like, it's just, like I have been in five major floods sorry. in my get- adult life. That's I- too many floods. I get good, accurate Quality information from St- Higgins Storm Chasing. No, you Thank you do very much. not. You get, oh, we're all going to die in a monster yeah, flood. Yeah, okay. We get those every now and again, but for actual storms. Every now and again, have you Higgins Storm Chasing? I haven't looked them up for a while, to They be go to the extreme every time. Every time they're like, this is going to be a cataclysmic storm event. And it's like the weakest storm okay. you've ever seen. Yeah, now that you call them out, you are true. That, that, that You are speaking truth. That does happen. Four major floods in my adult life. I miscounted. Okay, Sean's That's still correcting. Sean's correcting his own statement from moments ago that no one cared about. That's too many floods. Too and many floods. You know that too scene from many Dr- floods. from Jurassic Park when they like the things like, "Oh, see, he he said five instead of four. See, no one cares. No one yeah. cares." 2011 and 2013 floods here. 2011 flood in Shepparton, Victoria, where I was doing shit. 2019 flood in Townsville where I was doing it and I caught the the aftermath of the latest Brisbane flood. Mm. We've had a lot of floods in our life. Anyway, despite putting his children in such danger and copying that criticism, he would reach the height of his storm chasing career when he was offered a seat on a plane that would enter the eye of Hurricane Wilma in 2005 and would even co-write a paper on electromagnetic fields that was published in the National Weather Digest. And through this and his other storm chasing work, would earn himself a profile in the Denver Post. So he was a bit of a big deal in this storm chasing world. Um, and like wrote papers. Smart guy. Yeah. Yeah. Aside it- from this, what? Nothing. Smart guy. He's an actor and a stand up comedian that puts himself in difficult situations to get attention. It's not a smart guy. He wrote a paper is what I'm saying. And anyone can write a paper. Yeah, but to get to the but point next where- Next episode, we want to see your paper, Sean. Write Which one? Where's my, where's my files? I've got dozens where's my of papers. files? Allow me to- Allow, allow pub- me to open- A publicised paper. Allow me to open writings.docx. <laughs> <laughs> papers. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from this, Richard would also spend time working on his own inventions. And this is where we start to see the eccentricity of this man. It's a nice way to put it. Including the bear scratch back scratcher. Was that just a bear claw on a stick? Uh, no, it's like this thing that you attach to the corner of a wall and like scratch your back on. Oh, so like a bear? Yeah. How bears do it? Yeah, okay. The video of him 
talking about that thing is amazing because he's like, it's the bear scratch back scratcher. And then he's like, oh, this thing's so good. Like rubbing his back on it. It's fantastic. The Heeny Judy truck transformer for attaching toolboxes and <laughs> such <laughs> without damaging the truck bed. Headbanger energy shots. <laughs> What's a headbanger energy? Is this like a caffeine shot? I guess so. For people at rock concerts. And the wonderfully named blowjab fan, <laughs> which you placed in your pants Ooh. to cool down your genitals. Wow. <laughs> Summer- there are some summer days in Australia. <laughs> I could use a blowjab fan. He was uh, marketing that one to truck drivers. Can you get a Can you get a hold of him and see if we can get a blowjab? Yeah, get a blowjab. Love, love a blowjab from Richard Sponsored, <laughs> sponsored for cheeky tails blowjab fans. Maybe, maybe we could. Heeny blowjab. Some of his ads for these products are amazing. the The truck transformer one. Um. It, the the ad starts with him driving this Ute truck thing in, like pickup truck in, at this like stupid angle and stu- super fast. He jumps out of it and he's like screaming about how how much he loves his truck and thrusting his hips and like air humping stuff on the side of the road and like <laughs> he's like I love my truck so much that's why I wouldn't drill holes in the truck bed to attach toolboxes. <laughs> he's like he's truly crazy. Um. You'll probably also believe this, mm. but he also thought that humans were descended from aliens uh, and was hoping to prove this wait, through chasing wait, down not? evidence with his family. Uh, look, is it's, that not a thing? Maybe we are, maybe we aren't. The truth uh, is out there. Is that one for Chloe? Yeah, she'll love that. Yeah, cool. Richard still had the bug <clears throat> that he wanted to be famous, and he decided he would do this through reality TV. Ooh. Which episode, which season of Big Brother did he go on? None. Neither. It's better than that. He would manage to get his which family. Which episode of Love Island? Worse. <laughs> Bachelor in Paradise. Worse. <laughs> Maths. Worse. <laughs> John, it's worse. It's, wor- what? it's worse than Maths. It's worse than 19 How? children in counting. Oh, my goodness. Maths. What did you just say? It said it's worse than 19 children in counting. It was a reality TV show. I didn't think there was reality <laughs> TV worse than years ago. He would manage to get his family on the show Wife Swap in 2008. <laughs> Told you. <laughs> oh, I'm punching stuff. And Wife would, Swap. He <sighs> put in a performance that would earn he and his family the love of the Wife Swap community. Yelling at Great. his swapped wife, you're not my he wife. Has, he has six people that love him. <laughs> You're not my wife. So he's yelling at this person on the show. You're not my wife. You're a man's nightmare. And throwing milk on her. Actually, I think I've seen that clip. There's (laughs) Wife Swap created one of- Hang on. A very quoted thing in my family. And it was the episode about, I just want bacon. Like, um- Was that the fat kid? They were so popular on the show that when they were planning the 100th- episode celebration, the Heenies were chosen as one of the viewers' favourite families. So they they made a splash on this show and got like a little bit of notoriety from it. In terms of actual financial income though, like Richard would have the most success in his home remodeling and renovations business, which he still runs today. But in 2009, things were taking a turn during the global recession. 
and business had dried up as people were unable to afford his services. He had also lost the respect of his peers in the meteorological world for wanting too much attention, and so wasn't getting any work in that field. Because he's not a meteorologist. He's an idiot. (laughs) He's not a meteorologist. He'd lost respect in the world. It was like- um, that idiot savant, like he wanted respect yeah. in this rich people's world, but he wasn't a part of. He was just a moron that happened to, like Timothy Dexter. Timothy Dexter, like <laughs> Richard would decide to put together a pitch for a series that was picked up by the wife swap producers. Oh, oh so dear. there's a TV Not producer. Quite. Yeah, now he's a screenplay writer. He's a creative. No, he was putting together a reality TV show. Yeah, he's a creative, Aaron. I'm a creative. Um, how do you ask me what I do? I'm a creative. Oh, you're a doctor? Oh, so, oh. you know, we both have stressful jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a creative. I wake up, uh, maybe write a screenplay. I just got to keep my laptop on me all the time. Sometimes I wake up at 3 a.m. and I just, oh. I just I have this, an idea. I got this idea and I can't sleep until I write it out. <laughs> We watched a video. Yeah, Cheeky Tail's meme page is going to have to kick off soon. (laughs) (laughs) Richard would decide to put together a pitch for a series that was picked up by the LifeSort producers. You said that. Yep. Uh, The series would centre around the Heaney family's crazy exploits and the experiments they would perform in their backyard. One Mm. of the first ideas was a balloon in the shape of a flying saucer that could be controlled Mm. by electromagnetic fields generated inside it. He would further believe that he could get dozens of inventors to create their own versions of control balloons and race them around the desert, creating a competition that could draw sponsorship and maybe even sell coverage to TV stations. Racing balloons. Yes. Riveting, edge of your seat, creating (laughs) fake UFO sightings. You know, really, it's the Formula One of the sky. Racing balloons. I'm just going to say that. One more time. The most aerodynamic and fast object in the world is, of course, a balloon. To be fair. That's why hot air balloons made it around the world in one day. Oh, no, they didn't. It was 80. (laughs) To be fair, the Red Bull Air Race did pretty well. It's the Red Bull Air Race, (laughs) not the Red Balloon Air Race. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine the Red Balloon Air Race? No, I don't know. It's a balloon. (laughs) Congratulations, you've won a ticket to... You have won a ticket to the Red Bull Air Race. It's longer than a test match. It's it's just this one balloon and it's just, it doesn't have that much helium in it. It's a guy going. (laughs) (laughs) He's just. (laughs) Like blowing. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was talking about hot air balloons. I'm like, there's no helium in hot air balloons. What do you mean? Hot air balloons are scary. You're right. Yeah, I don't came trust up to, them. Yeah, it came up in the barbershop today. Like Tristan was talking about like taking someone to a hot air balloon. I'm like, no, it's, not okay. It's this time of year. Every morning there's a hot air balloon that floats over where I work, which Why? I don't know how it happens. It's controlled airspace. I, I don't know. It's not even- With it's a not balloon, even, you can't really choose where to go. It's not even controlled airspace. It's very controlled I, airspace. I don't know how it happens. So we're finally at the time of the incident. The incident, yes. yes. And which incident is this? Is the this yeah? Is, is the- it nine eleven, World War Two, or the <laughs> balloon hoax? <laughs> oh so, come on! That was low hanging fruit. It was right cut, there. We have cut quite a lot out of the episode <laughs> at this point. We've got about we're probably minutes. ten minutes on from the last bit you heard. Can you just? Can you just bleep? Just 9/11? a ten minute bleep? No, let's just. 
continue on from here because there's a lot we edited out where we talked about horrible, icky horrible things. Horrible things. Jeez. And not in a negative way. Not in a negative way. We just, just didn't think they were appropriate. And then one of us decided to bring it up in the recording. <laughs> <bit>. <laughs> so, it's so, not my fault. Who else did it be? <laughs> so we're at the day of the balloon boy hoax incident. Thank you. The family were building their prototype of the flying saucer, measuring 20 feet wide and made of plastic sheets, duct tape and plywood, all covered in aluminum foil. Fuck. Aluminium foil. <laughs> did you say aluminum? <laughs> How? Because every video- he's in, the, he's in the Americanized- oh, Every video. Fucking Americanized bullshit. Yes. And it was filled with electronics to create the electromagnetic field. In the aluminum- Yes. A test launch (laughs) was scheduled for October 12th and with weather delays eventually took place on October 15th. What what kind of weather delays? Was there a storm you had to chase? Yeah, there was a bit of a storm in the area. Oh, you didn't mention there was going to be a storm. I didn't say there was a bit of a storm. (laughs) You didn't mention there was going to be a storm. I could do with a little bit of storm. A little bit of hail then. (laughs) Maybe just a little bit of wind too. (laughs) Maybe just leave it there and see what happens. Uh, Arnie Donner's Christmas Pud, if you don't know what we're mentioning, Google that. Uh, I've not seen it. Yeah, I can still reference it because you won't shut up about it. At Arnie Donner Podcast, please, let's collaborate. <laughs> I'd, I'd, colla- I'd collab with them. I'd collab with Mark, Broden and Zach throughout the day. <laughs> I wouldn't really get 15th. anything done. I'd just be like brushing Zach's hair the whole time. <laughs> like. Throughout the day of the 15th, Falcon had reportedly jumped in and out of the basket of the balloon, getting yelled at by Richard each time. Richard would fill the balloon with helium, with the plan being to tether the balloon to the ground so it could only rise about 15 feet and test the control of the balloon through the electromagnetic fields. The family filmed the events in uh, uh, the event in hope of capturing footage for their TV show. So there is, there is footage of the launch. Richard releases the balloon and it rises. Too far. It keeps going and drifts away in the wind. Richard screams at Mayumi and the family, kicking things as he does in frustration. Then, while he's screaming, you can hear the family's middle child, Bradford. I think he's actually the oldest. He's Doesn't the matter. Oldest. Screaming, Falcon's in there. Falcon's in there. According to the media, Richard called a TV station first. However, this is not the case. In reality, after a very real freakout, he called the FAA first. Federal Aviation Administration, hoping that they could track it on radar and shut down air traffic in the area. They told him that he would need to speak to 911, which Mayumi did. Mayumi wasn't able to speak English very well and got put on hold a number of times. Richard would call a local news station during this time, asking to get their helicopter in the air to track the balloon. And from here, things spiralled out of control. With the authorities notified, as well as the media, The balloon was chased by up to 50 people from the National Guard, police, ambulances and firefighters, as well as support staff from the FAA. On top of all this, two military helicopters were scrambled to track the balloon, as well as the helicopters from local news news media outlets. They chased the balloon all over the Colorado countryside, around 60 miles in total, ending up close to Denver International Airport. Hang on. So this thing's just blowing around, around in the wind. Yep. So clearly the electromagnetics inside couldn't control it because couldn't he yeah. just steer it back? Yeah. 
I don't think it was ever bound to work as okay. it was intended. Um, right. Well, I don't think he knows how it could possibly work, considering yeah. considering what he said to the nine one one call. You have to also remember this was the first prototype. So if he was actually intending to do what he said, Aaron, he told nine one one that could they detect the electricity that it emits because it emits a million volts. Yeah, he did say he did say it had a million volts uh, on it. What is he, Doctor Fucking Evil? Like, yeah, a million volts. <laughs> it's made of tarps and tin foil. I have placed one, one million, million volts, volts inside, inside my the balloon. balloon. <laughs> I call it my UFO. A million, yes. Scientist <laughs> says a million volts. Yeah. Frankenstein. A million volts is possible. It's just- it I'm not saying it's very not possible. Low I'm saying yeah. that it's ridiculous <laughs> to assume that his homemade balloon would be producing a million volts. And if there was a kid in it, a kid's fried. Yes. Well, no, because it wouldn't be touching anything. It wouldn't be grounded. A million volts would be far enough for it to jump yeah, to ground. Yeah, but it would be grounded. It will jump. Once you get to a point of high enough, it jumps. Yeah, but like this thing's floating pretty high. Yeah, exactly. So what's it going to earth itself to? So if it was tethered with a 15-foot rope, million volts, that's jumping 15 foot. I don't care what you say. Yeah, but then it wouldn't be going through him. It would be going through the rope. There was no tether because he didn't put the tether down. Yeah, but it was tied down. Like he had it tied down and then they released that and the tethers weren't tied to keep it further. I'm no electrician. A million volts is a lot of volts. That's a lot, a lot of, volts. of volts. Yes. As the balloon began to deflate, it slowly One drifted million. to the ground. It slowly drifted to the ground in a dirt field, giving us some fantastic videos of a man chasing after it, hoping to grab it and continually falling over. <laughs> it's this bloke just like running in a dirt field. He's like, falls over, gets up. And he's so like it's not scrambling Richard. to try and get it. No, it's some police officer or okay. something. But he just like keeps trying to grab it, falling over, and then it blows a little bit further, and he's like, <laughs> "So like when a bit of paper, you drop a bit of paper, yeah. you try and pick it up, but it just keeps blowing." Yeah. Like, oh. The least cooler person ever looks trying yep. to chase a bit of paper blowing in the wind. Yep. Once the rescue workers eventually caught it, they cracked open the basket to find nothing. Nothing. Falcon wasn't inside. A reporter said that they had seen something fall from the balloon during its flight, <gasps> and so everyone feared the worst. That Falcon had fallen from the balloon. He went for his namesake and jumped. I can fly. They called me a Falcon. Rescue workers would start the harrowing search along the flight path for the boy's body. But two hours after the balloon landed, just as the family's fears were at their highest, Falcon emerged from the attic of their garage, where he had been hiding in a box, playing with some cars before falling asleep. Scared that he would be yelled at by his father for playing inside the balloon again, the nation, who had been watching the rolling TV coverage, breathed a sigh of relief. Later in the evening, the press were gathered at the Heaney's home, and they agreed to do an interview on CNN. The whole family sat on the couch and answered questions from the news anchors. One of the reporters directed a question to Falcon. Did you hear the family calling your name? Falcon didn't quite hear, and so Richard repeats the question, asking him, uh, He's asking Falcon, did you hear us calling your name? Falcon answers with an mm-hmm. Mayumi and Richard both react with surprise, with Richard asking him in return, well, why didn't you come out? 
I remember this. Falcon's answer would change the public's opinion of the Heaties forever, saying, um, you guys said that mm, we did this for the show? The media went wild. Wild is not enough of an expression. I request the use of the term ape shit. <laughs> they went a baloney. Nah, that's what the Heenies did. Anyway, from here, Richard was charged with and pleaded guilty to attempting to influence a public servant, which was a felony charge, with Mayumi pleading guilty to a misdemeanor charge of false reporting to police. Not only that, but Richard was forced to make an apology in court to those that took part in the rescue efforts, and the family became the butt of a million jokes in the media. Just as many votes. (laughs) (laughs) The family would be forced to move multiple times, lose business, and face scrutiny everywhere they went, even until now. This family got absolutely torn across the- uh, pulled across the coals. Whatever the the saying is- Dragged across the coals. They got dragged across the coals, um, like late night TV. Yep. They were in the newspapers. They were in, you know, it just, they got absolutely torn apart. Mm-hmm. Um, even now, like people make fun of them for it. Um, yeah. Hectic. So, the case for it being a hoax. Mm. The obvious reason for this being a hoax would be that Richard was looking to gain attention to increase the value of his TV show pitch. Considering his history, it's easy to see that he might mastermind this plot to get his family national television coverage and then convert that quickly into a TV deal for his show. The media certainly latched onto this, and that is the narrative that the prosecution put forward in their suit against him. Then so got who sued him? Like he just, didn't get sued. Uh, uh, he got charged. Uh, charged, right, sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, then, of course, you have the confession that Falcon gave during the interview and the fact that Mayumi would confess to the crime under interrogation, with both Richard and Mayumi pleading guilty at trial eventually. But, of course, that's the story we're all fed by the liberal media. <laughs> 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 Let's get all Fox News and go into the murky depths of conspiracy and have a look at the evidence that supports that this was not, in fact, a hoax at all. Why do I hang out with you guys? But a plot against Richard. (laughs) A plot against Richard? (laughs) What? It's too late at night for this. You know what? Real vendetta against Richard. No. You know what? I'm going to- this dude, I'm gonna like, blow your freaking mind no, not. in is, the next twenty I hope minutes. You're For the this. same reason that this is a hoax, the same spin could be put on every theory. If you connect enough strings together, something's gonna look like a net, won't it? Was Red it web. really oh, for a f- hoax? <laughs> You've spent so long on YouTube. Stick with me to the very end. I'm with oh, you, boy. I need more beer. <laughs> I'm hanging out in the attic playing cars with you. Oh. <laughs> That's really bad. Let's are start. They, are they calling us? I'm no, not they, going out there. They told us to stay here. He sounds really mad. Let's start with the launch itself mm. and the events that followed on that day. In the internet historian video. Is it a launch? I mean, if a balloon just floats away, is that a launch? Fine. 
in the float. Okay, thank you. So in the Internet Historian video, which will be in the link tree, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, and I really recommend you watch that, not just the video we link, but more of his stuff as well. He is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a Costa Concordia video. Fantastic. I'm absolutely going to steal. I mean, uh, take inspiration from Play that drives. video. Uh, yep, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> um, so he pulls apart the homemade footage of the launch shot by Richard himself. Um, firstly, we can see that this isn't a temporary setup. Richard has constructed what looks to be a fairly well-built launching system for the balloon, including multiple, te- uh, multiple tethers and release ropes. He also has at least five large canisters of helium, more than you would expect to need for a single launch. Helium isn't cheap, so why would you buy more than you needed for one launch when you expected it to just get lost? Because he was staging it to form a hoax. Stick with me. Oh, for God. Because he's a smart man, much to Sean's. He's not a smart man. And he had surplus helium. He's a turd. To make it look like it not being a host. He's playing the head. From the police imagery of the crashed balloon, <laughs> we can also see that the electronics he was apparently testing are indeed on board. Begging the question again of why you would waste money on the equipment if you intended to let it loose to crash in a field somewhere. Lastly, there is the video itself. And I do implore you that you should watch this video of the launch if you can find it. If I can find a link to it that's not just the internet historian video, I'll post that in the link tree as well. Considering they would only have one take, it's got some pretty fantastic acting in it if it was faked. Richard gets legitimately angry and Bradford sure does sound like he's panicking that his brother is in the ship. If it was a one-take performance, it's Oscar-worthy. Go on. Where did he meet his wife? He met her in acting school. Yeah, there we go. However- I rest my case. May I point out that he never was in any production of anything. So he's not a very good actor. actor's still an actor. (laughs) Okay. I'm with you on that. Cute. Obviously, the CNN uh, interview piqued the interest of the police, so the investigation into the family began. The problem is, they didn't find anything that was substantial enough to be a smoking gun. Obviously, they'd filmed the piece to camera about the craft. They'd done some filming work beforehand um, to like talk about, oh, this is the craft that we're releasing. This is what we're going to do. Here's the kids talking about it, whatever. But that was to be expected given they were tr- uh, what they were trying to achieve, which was this TV show about their exploits and their experiments with the balloon and it was going to be a family thing. There was nothing on their phones, computers or cameras that suggested this was a hoax. The police couldn't find anything. They then moved on to interrogating the children, which they did without parents' supervision and still got nothing out of them. So they took the kids and interrogated them without anyone over the age of 18 with them. Is that allowed? No. I didn't think so. No, you're not allowed to interrogate a minor without somebody being there to yeah. help them. So, yeah, they didn't get anything out of the kids. You would think it would be easy to catch a child in a lie, especially given they had apparently caught him lying on TV. But the children's story stayed solid. Pretty scummy from the cops. So good on the kids for not folding. <laughs> <laughs> Cheeky Tales says, snitches get stitches. <laughs> So the police then moved on to the parents, and as you might expect, they didn't get anything from Richard. His story stayed solid, but Mayumi was another story. Mayumi confessed, saying the whole thing had been a plot to get national exposure for the TV show they were working to release. 
She said that they had known that Falcom had been in the attic the whole time and that the family were all in on it. The problem is, Mayumi wasn't American. She was Japanese, so English wasn't her first language. Questioning would have been confusing for her, and she may not have understood what she was being asked, and having heard her speak, yeah, I kind of understand that. She had also been tricked into coming into the station, being told that she was there to pick up some items, so she didn't have a lawyer with her and wasn't allowed to get a lawyer during her interrogation. That's also pretty scummy. Also illegal. Her confession didn't even really match the facts that we know about the situation. As we know, the family were on wife swap earlier in the year, with filming taking place in January. In her deposition, Mayumi said that they built the craft two weeks prior to the launch. However, the wife that Richard got matched up with, Sherry, had this to say in an interview with Fox News. Now take, remember, the filming took place in January Mm -hmm. and this incident happened in October. October. Yep. So Sherry said, there was one point where I had to hold the spaceship and clean it and carry it and Falcon ran into the spaceship and hid there. Knowing him, Richard, I couldn't imagine that he would tell the whole country that his son was up in the balloon. Falcon literally is the type of child that you would actually see that would go into the spaceship. So it wasn't surprising that maybe Richard might have thought that he was in there. Sherry had nothing to gain from telling this. Like, there was nothing to gain from saying that this might be true. She could have just as easily got up there and said, yeah, he's an idiot. Like, <laughs> of course he's faked this. Lucky he didn't wipe swap with Sean then, because Sean would have been calling him. Sean would have ratted him out yeah. in a second. <laughs> I ain't no snitch. If you're a dickhead, you're a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> you're a dickhead that fucked up and got caught. You're a dickhead that up and got caught, which that's, is exactly what happened. That's that's but, a whole twenty second bleep you're gonna do there. Yeah, bleep it. Sherry's comments. It's funny for Gordon Ramsay. It's funny for me. Sherry's comments. There are kids that listen to this. Prove that the there are holes in Mayumi's confession. Her confession doesn't make sense. True. Yeah, because she said two weeks. Like she built, said it was yeah. built two weeks before, but this yeah. thing has existed since January. Yeah, nine months beforehand. Yeah. So you have to speak. And then also she speaks about the fact that Falcon would get in and out of the thing. So mm-hmm. she saw this happening while she was there. Um, so the possibility of him being in the balloon, very believable. The physics of the balloon, it weighed, I think it had a lifting capacity of like 60 or 70 pounds. And including the weight of the balloon itself plus Falcon, it would have had, I think it was like 10 to 20 pounds of extra weight that it could lift, so yeah, it could feasibly lift off the ground with him inside as well. Yeah. Lastly, Mayumi and Richard were threatened with Mayumi being deported should she be found guilty of a felony. Considering the charges were of felony status, that would mean that should they fight the charges and fail, it would be likely that Mayumi would be deported from the country, shattering the family and leaving them split by the Pacific Ocean. You can see already that this is far from a watertight confession and leaves a lot to be desired in terms of reliability. So not only did they kind of question her under false pretenses and not allow her to have a lawyer, they also kind of threatened her with, hey, if you don't confess, this is a felony charge rather than a misdemeanor and you might get deported. Richard and Mayumi would both end up pleading guilty skipping the trial and ensuring that Mayumi would face misdemeanor charges with no chance of a felony causing her to be deported. Richard has always maintained that he only pled guilty to ensure that Mayumi wouldn't be deported, 
and has stayed consistent in his statements that he feels that he was used as a tool for the sheriff at the time to springboard himself into the lead for a chance at being governor. As it turns out, Sheriff Alderton also happened to be accused of misusing taxpayer money, as well as potentially facing charges for disclosing information about the Heaney family's involvement with social social services workers. Richard and his lawyers maintain that Alderton was disclosing information to the, uh, to the media to make the family look bad in an attempt to ensure that they would face charges, boosting his own profile. Ultimately, Richard Mayumi would be found guilty of faking the incident, with Richard having a felony recorded against his name. The family would be ridiculed for the next few years, struggling to keep their head above water and find work, moving from place to place over the years. The Heaney boys would start a metal band, releasing a song, the lyrics of which told the story from their point of view. It's terrible. Don't okay. bother looking it up. <laughs> Richard would develop a somewhat thriving business doing renovations and redesigns of houses. The family would still be haunted by the Balloon Boy incident, finding it hard to hold down work with a felony conviction. Eventually, in 2020, Richard Mayumi would be given a pardon by the Colorado governor. The reason for the pardon was said by the governor to allow everyone to move past the spectacle that wasted the government and law enforcement's resources. He believed they had paid the price for their actions and should no longer be blighted by a felony and should now be allowed to vote and get building licenses. Richard maintains that it was Richard maintains that it was a cop out, with the pardon only happening due to his persistence of a conspiracy against him. And that is the full story. Of the Balloon Boy hoax. How do you feel after hearing that? He's a colossal con man. He does things that he's not qualified to do for the sake of gaining exposure. So he's full of crap. You don't think that, like, the way the police acted, the way that the govern, uh, the way that the sheriff acted, that doesn't speak to maybe there being more here? No. What do you think, boy? I think there's more there. I think there's some compelling points. To say that, not saying one side or the other is false, whereas potentially both sides are true. So, I, I, I compelling points to say that there was a bit of a conspiracy against him. I think that pardoning also being him in it, being an idiot, pardoning him from a felony when it's hard for people that have been genuinely wrongly, conf- like wrongly accused of things for decades, it's hard enough to get a pardon. For him and- to get a pardon from something that wasn't even affecting his life anymore, realistically. So he couldn't get a building license. So because he he's actually- not a builder. He's a handyman and he went to no, acting he was qualified. As a handyman. I couldn't find anything the, that- The renovations legitimate- and stuff that he's doing are pretty hectic. Yeah, like I'm sure they're hectic. Yeah. So the thing is, he couldn't even apply for a building license. <laughs> so you don't know if he has the skills or not. But like, doesn't don't you think that the governor coming out and pardoning him- like that says something as well? No. Because that also takes away the opportunity for him to be able to put in complaints about it. Move state. Okay. I'd, he did uh, move state. Then how He was is- in Colorado, then he went to Florida, then he was yep. up north somewhere. Nah. I don't buy it. He, like, he has a consistent pattern of deliberately deceiving people for his own benefit. Patterns are patterns for a reason, and they follow a certain- they follow a certain route because it's it's clear. Okay. This dude has a consistent pattern throughout his life of deceiving people. Pathological liar, I think is the word you're looking for. He's not quite a pathological liar. Like he doesn't necessarily always 
lie. It's a matter of deception through behavior. Like the wife swap shit is just a stupid show where they pretend to be like this so they can get more exposure. I'm on another rant. You're going to cut it, aren't you? No. I would like this. I would love for the listeners to pause right now. Tell us what they think. Hit us up on at Cheeky Tales Pod, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tell us what you think right now in the episode. In the comments. Yeah. Hit us up right now. Pause. Go do it now and then come back because I've got a post credit scene. Whoa. It's not over. It's over. Hang on. We'll do it post credits. Do the outro. No. Oh, well, that's not post-credits. All right, yeah, let's do a post-credits. Okay, thank you. All right, thank you very much for listening. It has been wonderful telling you this story of a potentially, a potentially innocent man. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Hit us up on at Cheeky. Nah, I'm going to go to the post-credits now. In the article. Here comes the stinger. In the article for uh, 5280.com. Yep. Read about this. Richard Sanchez would spend a few days with the Heaney family as they renovated a house. He would hear their side of the story, much of which I have recounted in this episode. He would see the family as they are now, learning who the boys have become and the struggles the family had to go through after the incident. He would also connect with Mayumi's lawyer at the time, who was kind enough to show him through, that's at the time of the incident, who was kind enough to show him the documents he still had from the time. Inside the box of documents were some handwritten notes of Mayumi's, starting in April of 2009, some six months prior to the Balloon Boy incident, and related to the five rejections they had received in relation to their fledgling reality show. The first entry said, What could we do to help them? They wouldn't put up the money, but we can do our own project. Then they can make a one-off out of it. So that's talking about the balloon. They were going to film their own episode. Mm Mm-hmm. And then use that as like a pilot. Yep. Ah, pilot. Good pun. September 20th. Darkin was the pilot. September 20th. Richard redesigned Flying Saucer many times. He started at 30 feet. He called around to see if it's feasible, but he found it was way too expensive. Also, he found it wouldn't fit in our backyard. October 1st. Richard made a shop list. October 2. We shot the intro of this project on the couch with the kids. October 3. We started building a flying saucer and shooting the process inside of the house because it was snowing. Then things get a little weird. October 6th, we have a video of Falcon saying, I want to get inside of it. October 14th, at night, Richard asked me to remember about the story of lawn chair Larry. Then Richard mentioned, what if Falcon hid for half an hour later and then landed? Then mentioned in the newspapers, Fort Collins. Falcon can hide in the closet with a safe in the basement. So, lawn chair Larry was a man who had built a lawn chair attached to a number of balloons. Yeah. And he gets stuck on the power lines. Called the FAA to let them know and then flew up in the air, up style. Um, He floated around for a while, um, calling his girlfriend on the radio, got stuck in some power lines. They had to shut the power lines down. He started shooting the balloons so that he'd come back down. Um, Landed in the desert, became a legend. People were talking about him for years. He did like motivational speeches. He did like all this stuff, made a ton of money out of it. October 15th, to my understanding, we're never going to launch the flying saucer because the strong wind changed our mind. Because of the wind, it might crash on somebody, cars or anything. Richard said we would do the third, third test and quit. That's why I thought he was acting so strange. After the flying saucer went off, 
he went so hysterical. Because he started so hysterical, I started taking it seriously. After it was launched, we did not know whether Falcon was in the flying saucer or in the house or anywhere. So that's the day of the launch, Mm -hmm. October 15th. October 18. I found out when we visited our attorneys that Richard revealed he came down to the basement to look for Falcon, but he wasn't there. Richard thought really Falcon would be in the flying saucer. Sanchez would call Richard, who had told him that the story was all wrong. Richard would fumble over his words when Sanchez told him of the notes. He'd ask whether he could see them, and Sanchez sent them through. Mayumi claimed she hadn't written anything. Richard would say he would call back when he had a chance to go through them again. Two days later, he would call Sanchez back with the following exchange recorded by Sanchez in his article. So this is Richard. This whole thing, that never happened. Lawn chair Larry? He said someone mentioned it to the family after the balloon fiasco, not before. So you didn't suggest that Falcon could hide in the closet with the safe in the basement? Sanchez asked. Mayumi suddenly broke in. I made the whole story up. What? Richard said. I wrote it, Mayumi said. She started to cry. What do you mean you wrote this? Richard yelled. What the f*** are you talking about? You said you didn't know what this was. Why would you write this? To save myself because of our kids. Oh my God. Fuck. What the fuck? Every time you write something, you cause a fucking storm. Richard would scream and yell. Mayumi would cry. Sanchez states it was eerily similar to the footage of the balloon launch. But this time, the show was just for him. I'm sorry, Mayumi said. Sanchez asked her if he was saying that she'd made up the story in the notes she'd made for her attorney. Yeah, she said. Several seconds of silence passed. Mayumi, you're covering your mouth, Richard said slowly. I don't think he could hear you. Yeah, Mayumi said again, this time more clearly. And that, it seems, is the real story of the Balloon Boy hoax. So, there it is. It was a hoax. Everything else, the, the fear that they had in that video is kind of real because it didn't go the way that they wanted it to go. Yeah, I feel like there was meant to have Falcon hidden downstairs and he's went down to check on him. Not been able to find him. Not been able to find him and then freaked out thinking that he's yeah. got it wrong so and that's actually why, got in the balloon. That's why in the 911 call, they sound so actually terrified because they're like, where the hell is this kid? Yeah. They think he actually got in the balloon. Yeah. Yeah. And why the kid said, you're doing it for the show, yep. but he's gone to the attic instead of the basement. Yep. Yeah, right. And that is the real ending. I So the internet historian video was made before Richard Sanchez- On 5280, yeah. Yeah, found those notes. So I watched the internet historian video. I was like, oh my God, I can see the conspiracy. It's real. Oh, what is truth? And then you read the 5280 article and you're like, mm, okay, yeah. They made that up. Yeah. So good instinct, Sean. Though I'm sure yeah. you did read everything. Cheeky's Tales busted the case wide open. Well, and then closed it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Richard Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what a story. What a bastard. You really not remember that? I remember that happening. I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I guess we probably watched the news and Sean didn't. Too busy playing his Xbox 360. In October 2019, sorry, 2009. Yeah. I was working. Oh, it doesn't matter what I was doing. Yeah. I know class. what I was doing, but it doesn't matter because if I talk about it, it just sounds like a flex <laughs> and it's not a good flex. I don't want to. 
You were working at Woolies. I was working at Woolies. (laughs) Anyway, that is the story of Richard Heaney, Falcon Heaney, and the Balloon Boy hoax. And what, they're just doing Renaults now? Yeah. People's houses and stuff. Yeah, because they got got pardoned from a felony that they committed. Yeah. Yep. Well, the felony came out after the article I read, the 52080. 5280. Yeah. So, so not, he's not inventing anymore. He's not chasing storms. He's just. You can still buy the back scratcher if you really want to. Oh, that's right. We got to get the. The blow, blow jab. jab. I want to get a Richard Heaney blow jab. <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought, gee, my balls are hot. <laughs> <laughs> no, they kindly just naturally take care of themselves, okay. don't they? <laughs> like moronic people like this in the world are why insurance costs so yeah. much. Yeah. Like. Yeah. This is why everything can get so expensive because people like this exist. Yeah. It's his fault. It's his fault. It's part of the problem. It's squarely Richard Heaney's fault. For My the car insurance, insurance costs cost more because of Richard freaking Heaney. Put, put that on a bumper sticker. I'll, I'll, I'll can put- you describe the UFO balloon again for me? Can you just quickly off the top of your head? So it's, it's- tarps taped together covered yeah. in tinfoil. So it's like a big silver flying saucer shape mm. with like a little basket hanging off the bottom that's also part of it. Like it's all flush as one piece. Sounds very familiar. Like what they described the debris at Roswell. Yeah. <laughs> Richard Heaney did Roswell. <laughs> Tarps and aluminium foil and sticks. Richard pretty Heaney much, yeah. did Roswell. <laughs> it's pretty much exactly oh, that. Yeah. yeah. I nearly segued into a joke about 2001. Oh, no. Oh, not again. Better wrap it up before Sean talks about it. Anyway, it wrap has it up been- again, boy. <laughs> wrap it up in aluminium foil and send it off into the atmosphere. Thank you all very much for listening to this less traumatic episode that I've put together. Uh, you can hit us up on at Cheeky Tales Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for some supplemental images that'll help you see what we're talking about. Um, Picture yourself looking at our socials. Shut up! You know how much. <laughs> I've got people that aren't even you guys making fun of me about that. Like this has got this has penetrated into my life. We, we missed it last episode, but it's back. Oh, so I hate it so definitely much. Definitely picture yourself looking at our Facebook Shut page. Shut up. Um, and share us with a friend. Uh, it is. I cannot stress enough how much word of mouth spreads podcasts, uh, and we. We would love to expand the number of people listening to this. We'd love to annoy you with uh, podcast advertising. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I cannot wait to tell the whole world about how I shave my head with my Manscaped Clipper. I, I would love so to be able to talk about my HelloFresh subscription. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know how excited we are to tell you about our Squarespace built website? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to tell you how much... NordVPN. ExpressVPN. No. ExpressVPN. Oh, we're going to start a brand VPN. war? We're starting a brand war. Surfshark. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, if you are a business and would like to sponsor, please do. The $1,000 sponsorship tattoo still stands. I will get that tattoo. On your face? No, I never said that. I I'm said it would sure be discreet. It, it depends sure on what you use. Face. Depends what you use that $1,000 for. No, I said if we get a $1,000 sponsorship- I will get the brand's logo. It has to be a real company and a really inoffensive logo tattooed on me. It will be either thigh or it will be upper arm. (laughs) Anyway, with that, 
Uh, please share us with a friend that you think might enjoy this. I, for one, vote the tramp stamp. Yep. Share it with a friend that likes looking at maps. Or likes themselves looking at a map. Let's share it with a friend that likes balloons. Share it with a friend. Yeah, that- we're a balloon podcast. Yeah. It's going to be Sh- Sean's um, birthday present. We're going to take a photo of him looking at a map so he can- <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, picture himself looking at a map. Yeah. Honestly, share it with a friend that likes mic stands because that comes up just as often as every other topic oh, yeah. we talk about. I'll tell you what, this episode, now that you stop mucking with your mic stand so much, crisp. Crisp. I'm still talking into a sock. <laughs> All right. We better wrap this up. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Share us with a friend. Have a fantastic fortnight before you hear us again. Back to regular fortnight episodes. Yes. Please let this Technology. be out on time. <laughs> Technology winning. Are willing? All right. Have a great time, everyone. Good night. Good night, chiquitos. Still silent. Say good night. <laughs> I'm not saying good night. Well, then say something. Say goodbye. I'm the producer. Just say goodbye. Fine. Fine. The whole episode. Fine. Hasta la vista, chiquitos. <sighs> you suck. Good, good night, everyone. Goodbye, podcast world. <laughs> That's good enough. Episode refuses to say goodnight to anyone. Just say goodnight.